0: five together of our week of hope, our week at looking in Hebrews chapter 6. Verses 18 to 20 today are all about hope. Let me read those verses for you before we dive into what these have to say to us today. Verses 18 to 20. God did this, made an oath we talked about yesterday. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Someone on our research team who writes in to me questions they have about the chapter every week and helps me to think about how to best teach the answers to these questions from the chapter. Someone wrote in this week and said, how do we seize the hope each day In times of heartbreak and confusion and overwhelming sadness, how do we hold on to the hope? I love those questions because they're really what this whole chapter is about, holding on to hope as you recognize that God is holding on to you. And this week, we've talked about already four ways that you and I hold on to the hope that God has given us. We don't build hope in our lives. We don't manufacture hope in our lives. God gives it to us. But how do I hold on to it? How do I experience it? Well, first, I go on to maturity. I don't settle for just the foundation, arguing and questioning. I go on to the maturity that God wants to build into my relationships and my character and my service for others. Second thing we talked about is having a healthy fear of falling away, having a healthy fear of my own frailties, a healthy fear of the world and what it can do to me. Third thing we talked about is being diligent until the very end. Not that that makes your hope, creates your hope, but it causes you to see your hope as you're diligent third thing we talked about yesterday is waiting on the promises of God. That's how you experience hope in your life. And you realize that even while you're waiting, God is working. And today, this incredible passage about hope, if I'm going to experience hope, I've got to let hope anchor my soul. I've got to let it anchor my soul. And I love verse 18. Did you notice that phrase in verse 18? We who have fled to take hold of the hope. That that fascinates me. That phrase fled. We are running somewhere. We are running away from something. That's what it means to flee to the hope that God has given us. Now, what does that mean that we're running away from something to something? No one knows exactly what he meant here. Some people say, well, maybe he's talking about the Old Testament where they would flee to a city of refuge. You might remember that they had these cities where if you committed a crime, you could flee there and then you'd have hope. Uh, Maybe, but the problem with that is you were trapped in that city the rest of your life. You were fleeing to a kind of prison. I like better the picture of the children of Israel fleeing from Egypt to the promised land. And I think that may be more what he's thinking about here because he's just talked about Abraham, just talked about receiving the promise of the land that God had given and the son that God had given that would be his inheritance. The flight from Egypt, from those things that had enslaved them, towards the promised land, the promise of God's presence in their lives. That's a picture. And that's part of how you and I experience hope. You have to flee from something to something to experience hope. You do it in the first place when you ask Christ into your life and you begin a relationship with him and he with you, but you also do it day by day as you flee from the things of this world and you run to him. So the Bible says you flee youthful lust and you pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. That's what it means to run to him. You run to him. And in that, he says, in that, you're going to find that you have hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, that word secure is an interesting word. It's the same word, it comes from the same word as the word confirmed in verse 17, where the Bible says God confirmed this with an oath. Here it says he secured it as an anchor. What's confirmed with an oath becomes secured as an anchor in our lives. And this anchor, it was a popular symbol in the early church of our hope. In the catacombs where the first Christians sometimes awaited death, there have been counted at least 66 different pictures of anchors picturing the hope that we have. And this hope is in Jesus. In verse 20, where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He talks about the inner sanctuary. We talked about this before in the book of Hebrews. This is the holy of holies in the temple the curtain that was in front of that Holy of Holies that, remember, we talked about it being torn in two so that God was saying, I'm changing my address. You can enter in and being in my presence. And then there's this picture here where Jesus, who went before us, entered on our behalf. Remember, that Holy of Holies, the high priest could only enter once a year and only on the behalf of everybody else, and then they would have to come out. They would make offering for the sins of the people, then they would come out. But here, Jesus entered before us, not for us, not just for us, but before us. What it's saying here is Jesus not only entered on our behalf, he is taking us in with him. That's amazing. That's hope that anchors your soul. Now, what kind of hope is this? The kind of hope that we need to be an anchor in our uncertainty. What the writer of Hebrews is saying here is you and I can be sure even when life is not sure. Because our anchor is not in the circumstances of this world. We all need confidence to face life's uncertainties. Do you have that kind of confidence? Maybe you're facing in your life a time when you really want to accomplish something, something truly important. But before you've really gotten started, you're engulfed right now with these thoughts of failure or feelings that you couldn't possibly succeed. Where do you find a kind of confidence to go on? Where do you find hope in that circumstance? Well, you don't find it in the circumstance. You find it in the anchor. Maybe you've tried to break a bad habit, but your first attempts to break that habit were invaded by thoughts and realities that you could not possibly keep that resolve. Where do you find the hope to trust God once again? Where do you find the hope to get around other people who are trying in their lives to follow that same path? Maybe you've found yourself to be a person who makes grand promises, but constantly you procrastinate. You can never live out the kind of life that you know God has for you to live. Or maybe this comes down to your relationships, your marriage. And lately you've been thinking, well, I've got no hope for a good marriage. That's just the way she is. Or he's never going to change. Or maybe in relationships it's about your children and you're flooded with anxiety over their future. How do you find hope in the midst of those realities of life? You need more than a change in your current circumstances because they don't always change. They do not always change. And even when they do change, they don't change fast enough. Have you noticed that? You and I need a hope that's beyond those circumstances. And here we're given the picture. It's like a ship on the sea. Without an anchor, it is a victim of the wind and the waves. It's a victim of the circumstances. But with an anchor, it can survive the storms. We all need an anchor within. The certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor For our souls, Living Bible translates this verse, verse 18 to 19. Without an anchor, without an anchor, when life is calm, you will drift. And when life is stormy, you will crash. You need an anchor even when life is calm. You'll just drift if you don't have an anchor. You might say, in one case, you'll be drifting. In the other case, you would be driftwood. Crashed or drifting, but not living the life that God has for you to live. Ships, by the way, usually have more than one anchor a light anchor for occasional or brief use, and a working anchor, and then a storm anchor. We need a storm anchor. And Jesus Christ can be that anchor in our circumstances. So, how does hope become our anchor? Well, we've seen it all through this passage. We've seen it all through the book of Hebrews to this point. Hope becomes our anchor when you and I discover God's purpose, accept God's promise, and enter God's presence. You discover God's purpose. We talked earlier in this passage about being sure of God's purpose. God has a purpose for your life. Have you discovered that purpose? That is part of the hope, the anchor that God has, living out that purpose. Hope becomes our anchor when we accept God's promise. Even though it's a promise that we have to wait on in some cases, you accept and you live based on God's promise rather than running ahead of God all of the time. The promise of salvation, the promise of new, eternal life. Have you accepted God's promise? And then there is entering into God's presence, which is the focus here. It enters into the inner sanctuary. Jesus takes us in behind the curtain. Now, many of us, we see this phrase behind the curtain, and it sounds like hope is going backstage somehow. He's not talking about a stage here. He's talking about a temple, and he's talking about opening up the most holy place. I know many people, when you come to this issue of hope, they would say, I know there's a purpose. I'm trying to live out that purpose. And in fact, I know I've accepted his promise. I know I've asked Jesus into my life, but I still feel so hopeless so much of the time. What's wrong? What's wrong? For many believers today, what's missing is this experience of the presence of God. We get so busy living out God's purposes. We get so busy telling even others about God's promises that we don't spend time in God's presence And if I don't spend time in God's presence, which Jesus opened up for me, which I have an opportunity to do now, then hope is going to begin to go missing in my life. Your life can be so filled with activities, with things to do, that you begin to lose hope because you miss God's presence. Now, I don't want to make you think that in order to enjoy God's presence, you have to move somewhere or take a two-week vacation somewhere. Go to the top of a mountain somewhere. That can be good to do sometimes. But I want to remind you you can enjoy God's presence right now, right where you are, listening to this. You can enjoy God's presence in the midst of everyday life, everyday activities, everyday decisions, everyday relationships, talking to Him in that moment, saying, Lord, I know you're here with me right now. Uh, the two word prayer, you're here. You're here can do a lot to help you to experience God's presence in the everydayness of life. I think one of the reasons we don't experience God's presence is because we wait for those times when we can get away to experience God's presence. And I want to invite you, experience his presence. You're here. Experience his presence in your life today. Our Father, as we pray together, you are here. You're here, and Jesus has opened the curtain He has brought us with him into this place, and we can boldly come into your presence. We can, whatever business meeting we're in today, wherever we're taking our kids today, whatever date we might have today, whatever schoolwork we're doing today, in that moment, in just a simple, simple prayer, we can recognize you're here. You're here with us. Your presence is here with us. Lord, I pray for myself, I pray for each of us, that this week, so we continue to walk through it, we would experience your presence. And in the experience of your presence, we would experience what is there, faith and love and hope. In your presence are all those delights are all those joys are all those treasures. They're in your presence. So Lord, help us to take the time sometimes to get away to experience you, but also help us today, right now, where we are in this moment right here to experience you, you're here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Next week, well, you might have noticed he ended this chapter by talking about Melchizedek. Next week, he's gonna really go into who this guy is. We're gonna focus on what we can learn about how Jesus works in our lives today through this, the lessons in this somewhat mysterious figure from the Old Testament. So don't miss next week. It's gonna be Melchizedek week in the book of Hebrews.